Parkour! 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 This is Parkour. Internet sensation of 2004. And it was in one of the Bond films. It's pretty impressive. The goal is to get from point A to point B as creatively as possible. So technically, they are doing parkour as long as point A is delusion, point B is the hospital. It's so hard with these episodes when you have like some sort of thing streaming because you kind of want to laugh but you can't. So you hold it in and you hold these really funny faces. It's. Uh just hilarious too i'm watching your faces as it's playing and then tr- that makes me want to laugh also <laughs> so hello welcome back. welcome back to modern medieval the podcast Woo-woo. Woo. i'm megan and i'm hello so this week in case you were like parkour medieval what we're not talking about like medieval uh martial arts or anything today we are talking about bardcore 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 (laughs) uh that's a meganism i just my brain crossed those signals and i thought that would be a funny introduction well you know no one else would know what's in your brain aside from you but now lots of strangers do sometimes i don't even know what's in my brain to be quite fair (laughs) (laughs) um today to um, assist us in the medieval music, we are welcoming back our great friend, <laughs> Amelia Pierce. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for, you know, coming back and having this conversation with us about medieval music and pop culture colliding into the phenomenon that is bard core. Thank you for having me again. I am... Not an expert on this by any means, but I'm just, I think, a fan girl like you guys are. (laughs) You're probably much more prepared than me, so it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you have the musical background, and per our last episode, you have experience playing medieval music, is that correct? Right. Or having listened to it, or... Yeah, in some form. We can talk about that. (laughs) Well, why don't we start... to come. Okay. (laughs) Well, why don't we start with that? Um, Amelia, can you let us know kind of like what just like your background is in relation to medieval music or what is considered medieval music so people do sometimes conflate renaissance or kind of music with the medieval yeah or with folk yes um so i think in some way what we have today as folk music is kind of one of our closest links to medieval music same with stories because they can pass down in the oral tradition Mm -hmm. um although there is some medieval music that has been written down onto manuscripts a lot of it Mm -hmm passed down and kind of travels through generations through the oral tradition. Obviously this means that, you know, it's changed and adapted and, you know, things get added, things get removed, but it is kind of one semi-tangible link we have to medieval music. Um, I don't own any medieval instruments. I, I wish I did, but that's <laughs> so expensive and I have looked this up regularly. But, <laughs> but I just, I mean, I play the cello. I have a normal cello. Um, Still really cool. It yeah. is fun. It's a good instrument. Um, it's a really nice instrument. But I've I've played in you know a few Kaylee bands and played a lot of fake music from all around the British Isles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of similar to medieval medieval music. Kayleys, for people who might not be familiar, are old barn dances and kind of country and folk dances that people do together, often at weddings or just you know harvest festivals and things like that. And they're still alive. Lots of people do them at weddings even still. Mm-hmm. It's very fun and it gets everyone involved and 
you don't need to know any moves because there's someone that stands at the front and tells people what to do. And a lot of these dancers are also quite ancient. It's very, um, I've done some Kayleys uh, in, when I was living in Edinburgh. Uh, like one of them was at the sports ball. They had a room that was just like a Kaylee room. And it reminds me a lot of doing um, like square dancing when I used to do that in the summers in Wyoming where, yeah, they had the person that would tell you kind of like, now switch with your partner and do this. So yeah, very friendly. You don't have to be a dancing wizard to participate. I've never, I don't think I know really what that looks like either. So <laughs> I think, okay, this is completely Oh, not even anachronistic, but wrong for the period for this medieval modern podcast. <laughs> but have you seen any of the adaptations of Pride and Prejudice? Yes. Uh, yes. So you think they have dances together. Right. Uh, you know, incredibly sedate and they're more kind of similar to a pavan, so like a slower dance where they step and, you know, they don't really yeah. touch hands because, you know, that would oh, that kind ignite of too many feelings. And people. So, but they kind of dance around all together and everyone just knows the moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of thing, but, you know, a lot more jumping about dancing in a few circles you can have partners or you can swap partners throughout okay Um, there's some dancers no you kind of gallop about sometimes thank you very energetic yeah yeah I think if you saw one Ella you would be like oh I've seen this yeah any other kind of relationship to medieval music um even before Bardcore sort of exploded onto the scene this year I'd did listen to a lot of medieval mixes on YouTube. So one of my favourites, and this is this has like eight million views. This is a classic of the genre, really. Is hilariously titled "Medieval Music Hardcore Party Mix," um, and it does <laughs> live up to the name. It also has one of those comment sections on YouTube, which is you know Hall of Fame level because people really have fun turning you know memes into medieval style comments. Mm-hmm. For example, um, this song makes me want to show a bit of ankle. Or, <laughs> when thine wife births a male heir. Or, Martin Luther's YouTube account has commented, I have 95 theses, but this ain't one. <laughs> you know, th- those kind of things. When the plague kills your local tax collector. <laughs> it's, it's definitely fun to browse. Um, and that was, I think, uploaded, you know, yeah, 2013. Okay, so a while ago. Yeah, I wrote a lot of my undergrad dissertation to <laughs> this video. Um, oh, I love it. So I, yeah, I do enjoy listening to that kind of thing a lot. Yeah, so in the research that I did, which really was reading like four articles, listening <laughs> to some of the music, and uh, we're a little late in talking about this right now in October, as this kind of exploded in April, May, and June of this past year during yeah. our COVID pandemic uh because a lot of people were like we have so much time and felt inspired by this kind of coming of a new dark age with the quarantine and them talking about you know the new plague which as we discussed back on our rats and bats episode the plague is exclusive to the bubonic plague uh we're in a pandemic it's a viral pandemic so it's a little different just history for yet but um similar kind of vibe and so From my understanding, and you can correct me, Amelia, if you know this more, because it seems like you've had a longer relationship than just the past few months. But what Bardcore is now, at least, kind of came around based off of the funeral dance meme that emerged. (laughs) And this one 
YouTuber named Cornelius, if I have it correct, yes, Cornelius, yeah, Cornelius Link, mm-hmm. uh, decided to medievalize music to this coffin dance, and he decided to uh, medievalize Tony Iggy's astronomia, no, astronomia, and then that became a meme, and then it just like exploded, really, didn't right? It? Yeah, um, and so I actually didn't know this Cornelius person. I was introduced initially via the Hildegard von Blingen, <laughs> which I am so envious to how perfect that name is. It is phenomenal because for those of you who don't know, rare for your minds to just like explode and for you to like fall to your knees in awe. <laughs> um, so this is a play on Hildegard of Bingen or Hildegard von Bingen who is a mid-medieval saint. So she was born in 1098 and died in 1179 at the ripe old age of 81. Pretty impressive. Mm. She is also known as St. Hildegard. That might ring bells for some of you. And she was a German Benedictine abbess, writer, composer, philosopher, Christian mystic, visionary, and polymath of the high Middle Ages. She is one of the best-known composers of sacred monophony, as well as the most recorded in modern history. Uh, The hymns and songs that she wrote are still used today. Like, she's a big deal. Um, And she has been considered by many in Europe to be the founder of scientific natural history in Germany. So... Queen. (laughs) You have, like, a fucking bow down to this queen. So we'll have to do, like, an episode on her um, because she is truly phenomenal. But, yeah, so Hildegard von Blingen... And, like, the, the icon is a, a picture of her icon with, like, sunglasses put on. It's just chef's kiss. So, but I've listened to hers uh, covers. She has, like, six or seven, eight of them. And she actually medievalizes the lyrics, which there aren't too many that have lyrics. Am I correct in that, Amelia? Yeah. So I think she started off by using the instrumentals that Cornelius Link created and pop the lyrics on top. But I think some of them, she also does her own instrumentals. It has a beautiful voice as well. Oh, it's, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Off topic, but oh, gorgeous. Oh, she's yeah. very good at it. Um, yeah, Creep. And then I love, so Creep by Radiohead, that cover, truly, like, it gets to my soul. And then also her Summertime Sadness, mm. uh, hardcore medievalization of Lana Del Rey's that's a good one. Is just beautiful. So, sorry, um, continue, Amelia. I just had to share those two because. No, no, no. So, I, I was just going to say, I'm very partial to her one of Bad Romance mm. um, oh, I like by that Lady one. Gaga. And she does a great job with the lyrics. Yeah. So, on YouTube, when you click, she has, first of all, perfect little like images that go with each song, but then yep. she puts the lyrics up. Yeah. And Get some of them out if you like. But Yes, please do. It, well, it begins with. I want thine ugly, I want thy disease, take aught from thee, shall I if it can be free, I want thy love, 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 I want thy love. And it just carries on like that, it's It reads, when you read it that way, it almost sounds like um, a Pentarian ode, like Mm -hmm. it embraces, I guess, the like poetry in music writing yeah which i mean that's not always the case sometimes 
it's just random words, but sometimes, you know, it's like, it, I guess it questions what is poetry. <laughs> yeah, and some song lyrics, depending on the kind of song they write for, but often with pop, it needs to be, you know, danceable or singable. It's written to a certain meter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry, I had to read it like that because I was knew I was going to sing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But if I logged out of the podcast, shut down my computer, run away. <laughs> so Amelia, um, kind of touching on that, why do you think that pop music is so good for bardcore? I mean, there are some like Metallica songs, like some, you know, heavier rock mm-hmm. songs, but primarily also a lot hip-hop. of, oh yeah, and hip hop. So, but like, why do you think that those genres are so musically applicable I guess or like adaptable versus I don't know rap or another genre with lyrics yeah that's a good question I think because the way that a lot of especially recent pop music is written it's written that sometimes the words aren't you know even that important Mm -hmm. that's maybe been a thing in popular music for a while but you know the, the lyrics take a back burner and the point is very short catchy hooks and melodies and riffs Mm-hmm. that stick in people's heads that they keep coming back to um and you know earworms I think people call them mm-hmm. um so these are the things that can be translated into a completely different genre of music and you know you kind of condense the song down to that transport it transpose it into another style and kind of re-grow out your music and metamorphosize it from there um and it it's not new doing pop songs or songs in different cup in different genres so mm-hmm. that's been a thing for a while as well right I mean a show I was quite involved with at uni the whole point of that was that we did that um although we n- I don't think we've ever done a medieval version <laughs> giving them ideas yeah <laughs> if you can hear this rhapsody go do that <laughs> but it, it works really well because they choose songs that people already like or if they don't like them they know them because right. you know huge songs like happy which was what 2015 2016 Farrell Williams D D D D D. Wasn't it twenty fourteen? Was it that long ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, that everyone, if they don't love it, they know it, right? And so that would become instantly recognizable, whatever you know, however many lutes, yeah. virginals, or harps you add to it. Yeah, it's very cool. No, that's a great kind of way to explain it. I think. Yeah, I just it's such a fun twist on the cover because sometimes I feel like they can get kind of repetitive or they're not super creative but with this you know looking at some of like the quotes or explications by someone like Cornelius or the um, Hildegard von Blingen I'll quote something from uh, an article on ID by so like the blog by Vice where so Cornelius is talking about accuracy in bardcore so for our audience who maybe haven't listened this isn't like to the T medieval uh, recreations, their medievalisms, medievalismizations. If <laughs> it's a dense word, but like, they're you can make a riddle out of that. Yeah, <laughs> try saying that three times really fast. Medievalismization. <laughs> I can't even say it once. <laughs> um, but Cornelius um, explains that he doesn't quote explicitly doesn't want to make authentic medieval covers, adding that I'm totally inspired by that kind of music so medieval music, but that there are different reasons why I don't imitate it. First of all, I'm not an expert in that field, and there are many, many rules authentic medieval music follows. The tone sequence and harmonics, for example. 
I want to experiment with and combine different styles like folk, so I'm, as Amelia said earlier, pagan fantasy and soundtrack to create the sound I want to. So I don't exclusively commit to medieval music only. Mm. And I just thought that was like very... Has to be evocative more than actual accurate, actually accurate. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that kind of begs the question of, so I guess primarily the folk one more so than pagan and fantasy, because is this idea of like, why does this sound medieval to us? Mm. Like, what is that? How do we associate to it? Yeah. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Amelia, or if... You're just like, it just sounds medieval because it sounds medieval. Or if it's something that we've been conditioned to kind of just be like, lutes equal medieval. Yeah, I think it's maybe, so partly it will be slightly different tuning. So the tuning mm-hmm. of instruments has changed over time. So there's, you know, Baroque tuning, there's Western concert tuning, um, which some instruments are, you know, built to and some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, oh, is that just Western Northern Hemisphere? Then there's so many other tunings. Um, and the Western medieval, which actually includes Arabic influences, mm. um, has certain sounds, tunings and melodic patterns and scales even that mm-hmm. we sort of know to associate with medieval, almost maybe only because they're not so much used anymore, apart from the things which are, you know, classified as medieval sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes these bardcore covers will slightly tweak the chords of something in the notes to kind of make it fit with a more medieval or just an older sounding scale mm. or tonality um mm-hmm. and in the medieval style of music might have instruments which yeah just aren't tuned to a pitch that we'd use nowadays so they might sound a bit squeaky or twangy right something else that we associate with with the medieval or even think about how people feel about bagpipes now right those mm-hmm. kind of wind instruments are quite ancient very ancient actually um but still that you know people diss on bagpipes and say oh they sound like a dying and their cap or they sound screechy or they sound just always out of tune but they're not it's just a different tuning right right, right. yeah um i love bagpipes personally they make me cry i just i just did a little bit in edinburgh because you heard them every day oh but of course yeah if you're like in a setting of like Either well, parades just in general make me cry. Don't I don't know why, but I get very <laughs> emotional. Um, or like graduation. If Amazing Grace starts playing on a bagpipe, if you look over at me, it would be like a cut to just like <laughs> mascara. Like, <laughs> um, they're, they're very soulful. Yeah, when it, it's played well. Yes, I mean, I do agree. If people are learning to play, bless the families where children are learning to play bagpipes because. Yeah, but we'll see, you could say the same you with the violin. remember that it's episode um, on Friends where Ross is trying to... <laughs> yeah. We can play that. That's just so funny. There's also a blooper on how, like, they all just started laughing and they couldn't control it. Fair enough. I mean, it was... Because your face contorts so much. I mean, parents with children learning. Bless them. Yes, yeah. Amelia? Fact. Sorry, this is not medieval modern at all this is ancient modern but fun fact about the fact that your face does contort when you play wind instruments um and brass nowadays but um back even in ancient greek myth mythology wind instruments were seen as the lesser one because they made your face you know all distorted when you play them (laughs) yeah i actually read about that in my dissertation because you? Oh, cool. uh, Marcia, apollo and athena Mm -hmm. and athena casts the reed instrument 
because it distorted her face and made her look like a Gorgon. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcius picks it up and goes into the musical contest. Oh, like an idiot. Why would you challenge a god? <laughs> yeah, and the stringed instrument. And yeah, the whole talk about lower instruments. Also, because you can't do so- anything else. Like you can't sing or speak when you're playing a sound, mm. a, a, um, a wind instrument. Mm. But when you have like a lute or a harp, another stringed instrument, you're able to be more like dexterous in what you're doing. It's also kind of uncouth, really, because if you do it badly, it's kind of like when you're blowing a balloon and then accidentally <laughs> drop it, and it all kind of just goes everywhere, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Um, so, Amelia, when you were uh, talking about um, different tones, tuning, and all of that, it kind of, in my head, immediately popped into um, our friend Paula mentioned this to me once, and it's something that I've been meaning to look into but haven't. Um, but other kind of medieval-associated tones or chords are the double chords yes, in, tritone. Mm-hmm. yeah and she was talking about the use of you know the medieval tritone devil's chords because the devil's chords with the religion and all that um in the dead kennedy's holiday in cambodia song and how it's supposed to have that kind of like ominous spooky sound which is perfect for our spooky season um, but do you know if there do you have any more thoughts on either that tritone or other kind of sounds that come from the medieval or thoughts of the medieval or even earlier um amelia or if not um, it's okay, that's an on-the-spot question yeah, <laughs> okay. i'm trying to think so i don't know the song you just mentioned which features tritones but they do come up sometimes mm-hmm. and yeah they were they do sound quite grating to the western it because again these kind of tone differences mm-hmm. come up in different musics around the world musics different music styles around the world and you know they can be seen as sacred or ancient or just normal music but I can't, I can't really think of any other you know intervals and in notes like the tritone plot it fifth man the devil's chord the devil's interval and if you live long enough ago they'd have hung you for playing that all right pretty simple actually for example what i'm going to say is technically to be correct the flat of fifth uh is it right it's very dark of course right so yeah the the devil's chords um that's meant to yeah like grate the nerves and go against quote-unquote what's natural so as you were saying amelia in a western ear not uh not necessarily worldwide yeah but that's also based on um so the roots of early western music were a lot linked to mathematics and philosophy um and it was very numerical um Mm. and they'd build up you know scales and notes alongside mathematical terms Mm -hmm. um and so the the tritone was kind of against you know natural groups of threes or sevens or fifths but i should have said that (laughs) doesn't answer your question at all but no it's fine and (laughs) um that's interesting though i didn't know that yeah it's Mm. i feel like this really shows the like just how amazing music can Mm. actually be and i find that the medievalization of these pop songs not so much the ones we love like like a bad romance or something because i think those are just great but (laughs) but there are some that i think are you know they seem a bit simplistic or whatnot but it's kind of playing on this continuous centuries old patterns create music and just kind of hearing it medievalized 
I don't know, you just, you hear different elements in it and it shows the musicality. Mm. Yes. It definitely brings that out a lot more because you listen to it in a way that you're not used to. Because, I mean, people listen to music in different ways. I listen to it to know the lyrics to like any songs because I always forget to listen to the lyrics so much because I focus on the music Mm -hmm. and the instrumentals. But other people, you know, kind of maybe listen to the lyrics and the words and kind of have the rest as sort of background music which they don't pick out. Mm -hmm. So maybe these medieval covers also help people pick out individual instrumental lines as well. Yeah, and then I also find like we were talking about especially Hildegard von Blingen's lyrics, because she's one of the few that medievalizes the lyrics, but her play on, you know, so like summertime sadness is uh, summertime sorrow. Mm. And it's still the same amount of consonants and everything, but sorrow has a more kind of historic tone to it than sadness. Um, Syllables? Syllables, yeah, not consonants. It's Sunday. Thanks for catching that. It's not like I'm going into an English PhD or anything. It's fine. You've got time to prepare. Yeah, good. A lot of preparing. Um, one other thing. So uh, in the ID article, they reference a musicologist. So um, a person who studies music, usually from an anthropological view or a historic view or kind of both. Um, Dr. Lisa Colton, and she's talking about how nostalgia is related to this bard core, bard core, (laughs) 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 Um, phenomenon. And she quotes this, and I think it might be interesting for us to talk about. She says, we can feel a bit nostalgic for an old culture. It's a form of mythology, really, whether that's tied to stories of Robin Hood and Maid Marian or whether we just imagine a time that was more peaceful and when nature was all around us, a pre-industrial age. And I think as people who are in the modern world and surrounded by technology and industry, it's nice to have that sort of space. And I just thought that this was a good quote to bring up with you, Amelia, because I think it kind of links us a bit back to when you were with us for the first time and talking about uh, pastoral and architecture in London and I guess now we're seeing it with music Music. and if you had any like you know thoughts on that or disagreements agreements concerns about it yeah um I'll start with the nostalgia idea away from the architecture um but there's with anything a lot of different reasons why people enjoy these kind of tavern wave or bardcore covers and they can't just be thinking a lot of people just simply find them funny and Mm -hmm. memes I think um but for other people they do possibly unlock this nostalgia which is aside from everything going on right now just a huge part of culture and it has Mm -hmm. been for a long time and you know people wanting to be oh I wish I was born in the 50s no you don't but you know think that I wish I was born in the 1340s or of anything and this kind of helps people tap into another time Mm -hmm. you know if you just really want to escape your reality excuse me, on reality where you are right now. And this helps create an an atmosphere where you can sort of disconnect. Um, Bardcore, as I was saying earlier, isn't a completely recent phenomenon, although I think the medieval covers, again, isn't a new invention, but it, it, you know, really exploded around this year. New compositions of medieval sounding music for years on YouTube and other music sharing sites anyway, matching things like the Dungeons and Dragons game, or also video games, which 
you know, put you in a setting where you're a sort of knight um, and you run around on a horse, well, you ride around on a horse and fight people with a sword and that kind of thing and listen to medieval style music, which is electronic, mm. not made on real instruments, but electronic to kind of put them in the mood mm-hmm. for that kind of thing. Um, and this brings us actually to a little bit of Reddit drama that I found today. Because um, a lot of medieval music is shared on Reddit, um, which I'm sure most people be familiar with the website but it's just a really giant platform which is sort of a forum where people kind of go to little subsections of it which match their interests or different things um or just story sharing and they can post things upload things and just chat with each other and the where is it the medieval music subreddit has been around since 2014 it has about 4,000 members four of whom are online right now so (laughs) hello Um, and two months ago the moderator for this sub said hello bardcore is now banned thank you um oh yes a lot of the comments say thank you in all caps um but the point is that they do enjoy bardcore but it's very different to medieval music because the medieval music that they like to share in this sub brings us to this whole paradox of the modern medieval which you know, it's probably the whole basis of podcast and then was the whole basis, the linchpin of our module. Um, and obviously these people recording semi-medieval music on recently made medieval style instruments today is <laughs> definitely modern medieval, but it's still very different to the Bardcore. Um, and there's also Bardcore subreddit where they have just under 2,000 members um, and they share all their... Um, covers that they create on YouTube and say, well, here's a natural woman by Aretha Franklin and here's Sister of the Dam. I wonder what that like. Yeah, oh, that must be interesting. Um, so yeah, the medieval music genre has sort of, oh, segregated is too strong a word, has established itself as different to bardcore. Um, and yeah, I think that's quite interesting because medieval music, well, you'd think that nostalgia kind of is a driving force for both of those things mm-hmm. but at the same time you wouldn't say oh I listen to Mozart because I'm nostalgic you listen to Mozart because you like it yeah so in some sense I think there might just be that going on it's really interesting how you, like the parallel that you've been drawing between like the nostalgia of living in a period that's not your present and the idea of a glorified past because obviously especially in a time when most people have been staying at home with their lives reduced to much to like a part of what they used to do maybe even when things kind of opened up and everyone was going around it wasn't the same as it was like say last year and so it's interesting that like the parallel of the past isn't the past of an, a near future but past that's so remote that it's fine to fantasize about it because it doesn't make you feel in any way sad Mm, or like uncomfortable or anxious about your reality yeah it's I also just kind of always find that the medieval is such a interesting phenomenon isn't it yeah and like that's a time that people want to return to I don't know Mm. if I've ever heard of like Greek or Roman reenactors I bet they're out there but that's not necessarily a time that I would associate with yeah being like, I've never heard of a Greek fair. You know, you have a Renaissance yeah. fair, which we've talked about as a hodgepodge of they don't know what. It's like they take their favorite things out of yeah. 600 years of history. 
but the medieval, especially right now, because there's that simplicity, but then it's like, if you really think about it, I mean, you wouldn't be able to read, you wouldn't, or more than likely, yeah. or like, um, you'd die. Yeah. There's no, there's none of the technology. Yeah, there's not the phones. There's not the Zooms. There's not Reddits yeah. and YouTube. You might never leave your village. Yeah. And it's just kind of a, the, the, again, that paradox of the time you want to escape to and the reasons why. And the medieval always kind of being in that. In that loop, yeah. It's the one that I think of. Like when you think of reenactors, for me, it's mm-hmm. always kind of medieval or that fantasy, not real medieval, but the idea of the medieval that people want to return to. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's which, linked to this fantasy, which comes up in anything from Lord of the Rings to Game of Thrones. Right. Any genre in between. Yeah, the like, yeah. tra-la-la, happy, the mystical and magical and pastoral, yeah, romantic medieval. Mm. And then, I mean, of course, there's that barbaric medieval, which we've talked about, but that's usually more in, like, an action film or kind of the, like, mm. nemesis one. I don't necessarily see people wanting to be, like... Mm. Uh, it's really interesting because, for example, in Italy, we're, like... Obviously, you've got, like, tons of Roman ruins. And, like, in high schools, you still learn Latin and Greek. And, you know, the classical era and the Renaissance privileged that kind of classical understanding of the world and so actually in history when Mussolini I may be wrong but I think this was kind of the case that like when we speak about the past we don't really think about the medieval we actually think about the Roman and the Greeks because of you know the association with it being good and and artistically pleasing and uh, positive when it's really actually not just that and obviously it's much more complicated, but that's the past that people and some poets have referred back to. It's not the past of like the Middle Ages because the Middle Ages then are classified as just the barbarics. Yeah. I also, in like this conversation, I'm kind of, my brain is turning back to Emilio earlier when we were talking about briefly, you know, high art, low art in regards to music. But mm. I feel like Bartcore is this really weird you know, low art and quotes becoming kind of high art because it's this medieval. So it's this not, not mainstream music. And it's just funny because it's like, would this have caught on if like bad romance became like a Purcellian opera or something like more like classicized. I know that 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 is something that happens in concerts and everything, but like there again, it's this, medievalization that is the sort of bring, thing, yeah if that makes sense yeah. kind of an abstract idea in my head but yeah, it totally makes sense yeah it's just an interesting phenomenon but i love it hardcore bardcore because mm. you're not bardcore unless you live bardcore <laughs> and the legend of the song was way core. So everyone's got to hear me <laughs> make up a song. Um, Good for a spur of a moment. <laughs> uh, Amelia, any thoughts or things that you, we did not kind of touch on that you wanted to bring up or anything in this unstructured conversation? No, I think facts? you covered, uh, well, we, we weren't really aiming to cover everything, but it's been a you know, really interesting discussion. But I'm just, 
you continue what you're just saying about this sort of popularization and opening up to the masses of the medieval mm -hmm. or you know it, it also just shows the effect of putting two seemingly you know completely innocuous seemingly unrelated things together in this mishmash that is it would be jarring but it works so well it's wonderful which is the same thing why people can make covers and put you know every single song but it's Shrek every single song but it's Earth, Wind and Fire September because they're two seemingly random things that fit together so well it's it goes past being humorous and it's just fantastic so I that might be part of it as well yeah there's that imagination and like the really just as you're saying Amelia I think that yeah this goes beyond being humorous because as you were talking my brain was like yeah and there's those Christmas albums that are cats singing jingle bells or <laughs> You know, where they're like, meow, 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 Oh my gosh, I have a playlist. I can share it with you. I listen to it during the holidays because when my dad, I came across this a few years ago, he made me a Christmas CD. And it is like two or three of those and the dogs, you know, it's just like a piano with the cat meows. And then it like transitions into so my favorite Christmas song is the little drummer boy it always has been. Oh, and it's like Joan Jett's version of the little drummer boy, and then it's just some songs from the Grinch uh, with Jim Carrey soundtrack, and then it's, <laughs> it's just this like whirlwind of a holiday album. <laughs> Sounds really fun. So sorry that was a digression, but that. I guess it's the humorous side, though. Like, these mm. Christmas songs are more meant to be, like, annoying and humorous. Whereas, yeah, bardcore trends, it goes beyond that because it's aware of its wit. But it's done yeah. smartly and it's done well. And also, it's one of those memes, because it, it sort of is a meme, but that kind of surpasses it because people will return to it for their own enjoyment and not just a laugh and not just their own spin on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's and true. it keeps giving. Like, I mean, I've listened to especially the Hildegard on Blingen like, numerous times. Like, I, I actually thoroughly enjoy it. Like, it's done very well. And as you said, Amelia, earlier, like, you've listened to the um, playlists while working. Hardcore party mix. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's very different than when I play Nicolas Cage clips just to amuse myself. Yeah, it's different. Mm -hmm. um, so... Hello, or Amelia, at this point, any final thoughts? I'm sorry, I'm like delusionally <laughs> derailing us in all directions. <laughs> it's cool, it's really interesting. You know how when you think that you don't, you can't know what other people are thinking? It's really nice to know where your mind goes, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, there should be a study done on where my brain goes. Nah. <laughs> um, so, Amelia, do you want to share any updates or places where people can find you? I don't know if your band is currently doing anything or had anything be released. Yeah, some of them are in the studio right now, but I can't get to London, so oh, wow. I'm not in the studio right now. It's, yeah, um, but we're a while from releasing anything new. But you can continue to find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook at Entropies check the description for the proper names but that's our name cool. um, yeah I can't remember the proper handles because they're slightly different that's fine um send us I the information it'll problems. be included in the the body yeah and that segues us Ello, into <laughs> oh my stressful part of the episodes so 
if you're listening to this, you know, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we Audible, should be on right? Audible slash Amazon. We right, should yes. be there. Right. So if you want to look us up anywhere and everywhere, you just have to type Modern Medieval with a podcast. You can also find us on social media. We've got Facebook page and group. Um, just have to type Modern Medieval the podcast. We've got Instagram podcast.modern.medieval. I'm so sorry. I should know this by now. Right. <laughs> um, we were also on, on YouTube. If you want to have some images while you listen to us babble um, by typing Modern Medieval the podcast. Uh, and then we've got email modern.medieval.podcast at gmail.com. And then I'll leave you with the Twitter sphere. Yeah. So finally, we have Twitter. Um, you can find us at the handle at medieval underscore modern post updates, fun facts, retweets of, you know, like Chaucer tweets and all that. Um, also, yeah, with the YouTube, I have lately just been uploading the audio, but if you um, would want an episode to be uploaded with images, send us an email. I'm more than happy to spend the time doing that. Um, they just take about two hours to upload to YouTube when I do that first five minutes. So that's a laziness factor on my part, um, but I'm more than happy to do it if it was for you know a learning tool that you wanted to use or something. And as always, you know, comments, questions, queries, memes, stories, images, uh, songs, etc. Always welcome. Anything and everything. Yeah, we're here. We're happy. We've got nothing better to do now that we've submitted our dissertations, even though we are trying to work and do things, please distract us from the everyday ennui of this existential <laughs> existence in a global pandemic. <laughs> oh dear. So well, Amelia, again, it's procrastination, the podcast. It's <laughs> true. It's yeah. true. That should be the subtitle. <laughs> so Amelia, thank you so, so much for oh, a pleasure to have back. you on. It's such a pleasure. We still want to have you come someday to talk about Fantasia. I just think or anything else you want or anything else if you ever have a thought I'm on it for a night's tale <laughs> yeah no night's tale come back we can do that it'd be great so thank you thank you thank you we're sending you virtual hugs and until next time I'm Megan and I'm Ello and this is Modern Medieval the podcast Bardcore <laughs>